Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review for Thursday, August 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Coda Babcock. And I'm Ivy Winfrey. On today's show, we'll be discussing how our station runs. While KCSU's daily activities aren't necessarily newsworthy, our need for reporters and other student volunteers at the station is. Due to COVID-19, we haven't been able to be as proactive in recruitment efforts as we usually are. To help create some relationships and help get you to know our station, we'll be exploring some aspects of different departments with the help of Assistant Sports Director Jonathan Gillum. In addition to this, we'll be discussing campus and local news with Ivy, and national and COVID-19 news. All right, so we're here with Jonathan Gillum from the sports department here at KCSU to talk about kind of what their department does. So to start off with, Jonathan, um, what are some of the topics the sports department explores? Well, we, of course, have a focus on college sports here at CSU. So Mountain West is our kind of our main focus. And from that, we definitely want to uh, talk on air broadcast their games. We want to produce articles and podcasts about them. Um, additionally, we also cover pro sports, and we also like to find local sporting news within the community too as well, and that could be within high school or even middle school levels. And I would say that's kind of a big highlighted focus of what we do. Awesome. And then what does your team do daily to help KCSU and the local community stay up to date on sports? Well, we have a reporter for the Rocky Mountain Review, and that is our bi-weekly way to get sports news out. We also do radio shows. Right now, we're scheduled to have three um, this semester with possibly four I'm hearing, but those are usually between on Monday through Friday, 7 to 9. So right now, we have Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday locked up, and Thursday, of course, is our staple show, The Ramblers. And that's pretty much it. Plus, we have a weekly podcast that comes out on Sundays. All right. Uh, what's your favorite part of your job as the assistant sports director? Oh, it's oh, it's it's got to be having your own show and talking sports. Like it's just kind of like a dream of mine, and just to be able to just talk and analyze everything. You hear it all the time. Like me, I'm kind of a sports radio junkie, and I always listened to it growing up, and I always like. Why don't they say this? Well, now I can. And it's it's great. It's so great. And I love taking a deep dive into it and just kind of getting my inner sports on. It's great. All right. Great. And then what do you plan on doing after KCSU when you graduate with your experience here? Well, my short-term goal is to land any job in the media. My 10-year goal is to hopefully working for a sports radio station. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Again, that's Jonathan Gillum from our sports department here at KCSU. Um, to find them, you can go to kcsufm.com sports. Now for campus and local news. According to Kevin Little at the Coloradoan, the Lewstone Fire is now at 100% containment and all evacuations have been lifted. The fire, which started Saturday, covered nearly 165 acres. The Colorado Division of Fire Protection and Control had been overseeing the operation, but transferred command to Larimer County Sheriff's Office. While at a high of 180 people working on containment efforts, 45 people were involved in ground crews that were scheduled to perform the mop-up efforts on Wednesday. According to Sarah Kyle of the Coloradoan, the Cameron Peak Fire is still at 0% containment is grown to over 21,000 acres. Operations Section Chief Jake Livingston said in a Tuesday morning video briefing hosted on the Cameron Peak Fire Facebook page 
that the long draw road area of the fire, which is less than a mile away from Rocky Mountain National Park, was one of the areas that saw the most activity Monday. Efforts to build control lines away from the direct perimeter of the fire are coming together, Livingston said, but, quote, given the fire activity, the terrain, and all the beetle kill and all the dead and down from beetle kill, is really not safe to put firefighters directly on the perimeter of the fire. Multiple fires burning across Colorado and the west, including the Cameron Peak Fire and the Booter Canyon, are leading to bad air quality in Fort Collins. An air quality action day alert was in effect Tuesday for Fort Collins in much of Colorado's front range. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment warned that ozone and fire particulate concentrations could both reach the unhealthy for sensitive groups category. According to Mary Guyton, a CSU source, a new study led by Colorado State University has identified that there could be significant climate benefits in the use of biofuels to replace the use of fossil fuels. An interdisciplinary team of plant scientists, ecologists, and engineers published the study titled Robust Paths to Net Greenhouse Gas Mitigation and Negative Emission via Advanced Biofuels which identified the creation of a biofuel made from switchgrass as a viable commercial alternative to fossil fuels. The study found that production of cellulosic biofuel, biofuel made from inedible parts of plants, and the cultivation of switchgrass could be overall carbon negative. This means that the production of this biofuel could result in more carbon dioxide being pulled out of the atmosphere than being released into the atmosphere. Plants pull carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere to create plant cells, and the carbon byproducts of creating the fuel could be captured and stored underground. Lead author and research scientist at the National Resource Ecology Lab at CSU, John Field, said that if we want to restrict the effects of global warming, quote, we really have to deploy alternatives to fossil fuel to use as quickly as we can. We're going to have to start cleaning up some of the carbon pollution that has been emitted in the past because we are too slow at reducing our emissions, end quote. Researchers are now looking into expanding the range of their study to explore if biofuels could be viable in widespread use in further fighting global climate change. According to Serena Bettis at the Collegian, Colorado State University will offer COVID-19 testing to students Friday. In an email from the CSU pandemic response team sent Tuesday night, testing was announced to run from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at two pop-up tents located near Allison Hall and Academic Village, respectively. To receive a test, students must register on the BioDesix portal with their personal information and student ID. Students can either pre-register or register on their smartphones at the time of the test by scanning a QR code, the email said. Students who cannot make the testing times this week can contact the CSU Health Network or visit the Larimer County free testing site. And you can find more information about that on larimer.org health. And that's all our campus and local news. After our break, we'll be discussing how our news team runs and how students can get involved with us.
And we're back here at the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSE Fort Collins. Our news department at KCSU is responsible for working with the Collegian, College Ave, and CTV to deliver news and compelling stories to our listeners. As the news director, I decide what does and doesn't air and I'm responsible for most of the details for the Rocky Mountain Review. Ivy is my assistant, which means that she helps coordinate a lot of the day-to-day -day activities for our department. Together, we train and coordinate reporters, create and edit content, and act as hosts for the Rocky Mountain Review. In addition to this, we often work with the Collegian to make sure that important news makes it to our airwaves and to their print and online paper. Ivy and I do this with the help of our station manager, Asher Korn, and our general manager, Hannah Copeland. Currently, we're working on getting a news producer as well as a solid set of volunteer reporters. To get involved with our news team, you can reach out to Ivy or myself at news at kcsufm.com. You just heard campus and local news updates with myself, Ivy Winfrey, and some discussions with staff members here at KCSU. Next up, we're going to go over national and COVID-19 news with Coda Babcock. Protests have once again erupted across the country, including at Colorado State University after a black man was shot by a police officer in Kenosha, Wisconsin, reportedly trying to break up a fight, according to witnesses. The Wisconsin Department of Justice has identified the officer as Rutan Chesky. He'd previously been employed for seven years with the Kenosha Police Department. Chesky fired seven shots after a failed attempt to tase the man, who was identified as 29-year-old Jacob Blake. The Kenosha Police Department does not use body cameras, and their search of Blake's car found that he did not have a weapon. According to the Department of Justice, the shooting occurred after Blake opened his car door during an attempted arrest and leaned inside. The case is still under investigation with the Department of Justice, Division of Criminal Investigation. Other officers involved in the shooting are expected to be identified soon. President Donald Trump has announced that he plans to send in, quote, federal law enforcement and the National Guard to Kenosha, Wisconsin, via his Twitter account. This was following the murder of two people and the wounding of another by a 17-year-old vigilante. Protests had reportedly remained mostly peaceful with some exceptions up to that point. President Trump does not have the authority to send in federal law enforcement without acceptance from the Wisconsin state government, and the National Guard can only be called in by Wisconsin's governor in this scenario. According to another tweet, Trump said that Governor Tony Evers of Wisconsin, quote, has agreed to accept federal assistance, end quote. The president has not commented on the shootings in Kenosha, but has commented on the protests to denounce looting. This story was written based on reports from NPR's Rachel Treisman, and Tom Goldman, as well as ABC News, as well as ABC News reporters Elizabeth Thomas and Jordan Phelps. Information was gathered prior to 6 a.m. on Thursday, August 27, 2020. According to NPR reporters Rachel Traceman and Simant Rafelson, Hurricane Laura made landfall at approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Time last night near the border of Texas and Louisiana. The National Hurricane Center said that Hurricane Laura is a Category 4 hurricane with a maximized, with maximized sustained winds of 150 miles per hour. A Category 5 hurricane would have speeds of 157 miles per hour for reference. Hurricane Laura's predicted intensity was originally between a Category 2 or 3, but it has since intensified significantly in just a 24-hour period. Most storms typically weaken before landfall, but in the past three years, three storms have gained more strength before hitting the shore instead of following this pattern, including Hurricanes Harvey, Michael, and Laura. Next up, here's our COVID-19 updates for today. I'm Koda Babcock, and this is COVID-19 updates for Thursday, August 27, 2020, on the Rocky Mountain Review. According to the New York Times, the FDA has approved a new test for COVID-19 that can give results in just 15 minutes through emergency authorization. 
The new test is portable and a more affordable alternative to other tests. It's also about the same size as a driver's license. To take the test, a care provider takes a swab from the patient's nostrils, adds a few drops into a hole in the device, then inserts the used swab into it and turns it. The new testing device is referred to as the Binax Now COVID-19 Ag Card, and it can rapidly detect virus fragments in the samples within the nasal swab, and it is an antigen test. While this test allows for speedy testing, it is more likely to struggle to detect some viral particles because it is an antigen test, compared to other testing methods. For the producing company, Abbott, previously developed another rapid test that was found to fail detecting infections up to 48% of the time. So far, the new method is looking to be successful. Abbott's new test detected virus particles in 97.1% of people who had COVID-19 and didn't detect virus particles in 98.5% of people who didn't have COVID-19. The new method is coming out with a mobile app for easy access to test results, with millions of tests being shipped in September. Colorado State University has had 86 community members test positive as of yesterday and is offering testing, as Ivy said, tomorrow in two locations, with one tent at Allison Hall and the other at Academic Village from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Students must register on the BioDesics portal with their student ID in order to access testing and can do so with their phones at the testing site prior or prior to arrival. Today's COVID-19 risk score in Larimer County is medium, according to the county's COVID-19 data site meaning that residents must remain careful in continuing masks, hand-washing, and practicing social distancing. The county currently has six people hospitalized with COVID-19. There have been 24 new positive cases of COVID-19 in the county in the last 24 hours as of yesterday. About one in five Larimer County residents have been tested. Across the state, Colorado has seen an overall decrease in cases in the past few weeks. Colorado has a total of over 56,000 cases and nearly 2,000 deaths while the U.S. has had a total of 5.84 million cases and 180,000 deaths. Information for today's update was gathered from the New York Times, Larimer County, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, and the CDC yesterday evening. It's time for the weather. By our next show, we might be starting to experience some slightly cooler fall weather. Today, the predicted high was 93 degrees with a low of 64 degrees, and you can expect similar clouds as today through Tuesday, but this weekend we're going to start to cool off. Tomorrow, we'll be seeing a high of 83 degrees and a low of 47, very similar to the next day, Saturday's weather, with a high of 83 and a low of 49. Sunday, it'll heat up just a little with a high of 88, but a potential low of 49 degrees. On Monday, Fort Collins will get a nice cool off with a high of just 74 and a low of 51 degrees, followed by a high of 88 degrees with a low of 54 on Tuesday. And for Wednesday, you'll have to listen in to find out more on our next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review, airing at 4 p.m. Tuesday, or check in and listen to us after the show at kcsufm.com news. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. And we'd like to thank Asher Korn, Hannah Copeland, Addison Lambert, Griffin Ham, Jonathan Gillum, Ben Kruger, Ben Haney, Dixon Lawson, Taylor Sandal, and the rest of the staff here at KCSU and the Rocky Mountain Student Media Corporation. We couldn't do this without you. We'd also like to thank our most recent predecessors, Ren Wadsworth and Max Hunter. We're both so lucky to have amazing examples as we learn to lead the show as reporters. And I'd like to thank you, Coda. And I'd like to thank you, Ivy. And finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. Thank you. And with that, we'll see see you you next time. time.